Hi everyone, welcome to Living Life, a journal of spiritual formation and reflection. Today we are looking at Temple Furnishings, October 30th. My name is Eddie Ledesma, and I am so glad that you are joining us for this very important reflection. Temple Furnishings, it doesn't really sound like it's going to be the most interesting uh, reflection today, but I think it might be. You know, when you build a house, a house is just the shell. You know, Solomon and his people had just finished building this amazing temple, the Temple of Solomon, but at the end of the day, it was just a shell. It's important what we put inside our home. It's important what we put inside the temple. You know, we have our dining table, our living room set, our beds. You know, the furniture that goes inside is where we live. It's where we interact with our family. It's where we coexist with other people. So the furniture and the furnishings in the temple is of utmost importance. And today we're going to see how each one was very important, very important for us to learn. So let's look at the passage. Second Chronicles chapter 4 verse 1 through chapter 5 verse 1. He made a bronze altar 20 cubits long, 20 cubits wide, and 10 cubits high. He made the sea of cast metal, circular in shape, measuring 10 cubits from rim to rim and 5 cubits high. It took a line of 30 cubits to measure around it. Below the rim, figures of bulls encircled it, 10 to a cubit. The bulls were cast in two rows in one piece with the sea. The sea stood on 12 bulls, three facing north, three facing west, three facing south, and three facing east. The sea rested on top of them, and their hindquarters were toward the center. It was a handbreadth in thickness, and its rim was like the rim of a cup, like a lily blossom. It held 3,000 baths. He then made ten basins for washing and placed five on the south side and five on the north. In them, the things to be used for the burnt offerings were rinsed, but the sea was to be used by the priests for washing. He made ten gold lampstands according to the specifications for them and placed them in the temple, five on the south side and five on the north. He made ten tables and placed them in the temple, five on the south side and five on the north. He also made a hundred gold sprinkling bowls. He made the courtyard of the priests and the large court and the doors for the court and overlaid the doors with bronze. He placed the sea on the south side at the southeast corner. And Huram also made the pots and shovels and sprinkling bowls. So Huram finished the work he had undertaken for King Solomon in the temple of God. The two pillars, the two bowl-shaped capitals on top of the pillars, the two sets of network decorating the two bowl-shaped capitals on top of the pillars. 
the 400 pomegranates for the two sets of network, two rows of pomegranates for each network, decorating the bowl-shaped capitals on top of the pillars. The stands with their basins, the sea, and the 12 bowls under it. The pots, shovels, meat forks, and all related articles. All the objects that Huram Abai made for King Solomon for the Temple of the Lord were of polished bronze. The king had them cast in clay moles in the plain of the Jordan between Sukkoth and Zarathon. All these things that Solomon made amounted to so much that the weight of the bronze could not be calculated. Solomon also made all the furnishings that were in God's temple, the golden altar, the tables on which was the bread of the presence, the lampstands of pure gold with their lamps, to burn in front of the inner sanctuary as prescribed, the gold floral work, and lamps and tongs, they were solid gold, the pure gold wick trimmers, sprinkling bowls, dishes, and censers, and the gold doors of the temple, the inner doors to the most holy place and the doors of the main hall. When all the work Solomon had done for the temple of the Lord was finished, he brought in the things his father David had dedicated, the silver and gold and all the furnishings, and he placed them in the treasuries of God's temple. You know, our Living Life Journal today really presents us with a very interesting uh, study temple furnishings. Uh, a lot of people may overlook this one, but I think it's important. When you think about your home, I mean, there's men and there's women. I mean, I'm a guy. Uh, I think a lot of guys would say that the most important thing in, the, in your house is the big screen TV so you can watch the football game or the soccer game and a good couch too. You know, and maybe the wife would say the most important furnishings in the house is in the kitchen the dishwasher, the refrigerator, and maybe for the kids, it's the bunk bed. But uh, the furnishings in inside the house really tells us a lot about the people that live in that house. In the same way, as we go through the scripture text, we're going to see what's important to God. Again, the temple was just a shell, okay? And the furnishings that went inside the temple really tells us a lot about God and the plan of God, and how God uh, works with us. So the first furnishing that they put in the temple was the altar of bronze. So that's the first thing. It's the first thing you see. Even when you're far away, you see the smoke coming up from the altar of bronze. And the altar of bronze, of course, is the place of sacrifice. In other words, there is no relationship with God. There is no peace with God. There is no bridge to God unless there is first sacrifice. So the altar was out there in the front, in the courtyard, and it was the first thing that you experienced when you went into the temple. And for us, the application for us is the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. That is where our relationship begins with God. So the altar of sacrifice, very important. And then the next thing was the washing basin. In, in the scripture text that we read today, it uses the word sea, but it was a washing basin. And this washing basin was the place where when the people would come to worship the Lord, they would wash themselves. There were other little washing basins that the priests would use to wash themselves and even to wash the sacrificial 
animals. So for us, it represents baptism. For us, it represents the cleansing of the word, the cleansing of repentance. So this was a very important part of the process. There's sacrifice, there's baptism or cleansing. And then as you went inside into the temple, into not the Holy of Holies yet, but into the holy place, there were these 10 golden lampstands. And for us in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, uh, the lamp or the lampstands represent the Word of God. The Word of God lights our way. It lights our path. It tells us where we need to go. And that's what these golden lampstands provided. They provided illumination as the person, as the worshiper was entering into the temple. And we need that illumination every single day. And that illumination, my friend, is God's Word. And then the next thing that they set up, the next furnishings, were these tables. And they had 10 tables. And these 10 tables, on those tables, they had the bread. And the bread means a lot uh, for you and me. Uh, the bread represents uh, the manna from heaven, that God provided bread for His people while they were in the wilderness. Uh, in Matthew 6, Jesus taught His disciples to pray and to ask for our daily bread. That bread can also represent what we need, the things that we need in our life. But more importantly, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. That bread represents Jesus Christ, His body, which was sacrificed for you and for me. That bread represents spiritual food. And when we eat that bread, we have communion with the Heavenly Father. So that bread represents that union, that communion, community with God and His church. And that's wonderful, and that is totally amazing. Uh, so at, at the end, when they were finished furnishing the temple, uh, the scripture that we read today was very specific. And it told us that the furnishings that they uh, furnished the temple with were all the furnishings that David had prepared. David had dedicated all these furnishings before they put it into the temple. So Solomon was carrying out his father's wishes. He was carrying out his dad's wishes. And they put those furnishings throughout the temple. And each one is important. Each one has a spiritual application. And ultimately, it leads us into the Holy of Holies, where the Ark of the Covenant is. So let's bring this study to a close. As we close today, I want us to consider two things. The first thing is when you come into the temple, you come to the temple court where you have the altar of sacrifice and you have the basin for washing. And that's the good news for everybody. You know, Gentiles could come there, Jews could come there. You could see the smoke from outside the city. Uh, that was a very public place where the message of the good news is proclaimed to everyone. But as you entered into the temple, 
into the holy place and into the holy of holies. It's all about communion. When you're outside the temple in the temple court, it's about preparation. There must be sacrifice. There must be washing. Very important. But once you go inside the temple, the temple is a place of communion between the priest and God. And as we pray today, let's keep that principle in mind. We need to prepare our hearts, but we also need to spend time in communion with the Father. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father God, there are some of us that are taking the first few steps, Lord, and we come to you in repentance. We acknowledge the sacrifice of Christ. We ask for your forgiveness. Wash us and cleanse us with your word. But Father, uh, we want to enter into the temple. Your word says to enter your holy place with boldness. We want to enter into that holy place, not just to look around and be a looky-loo, but to have communion with you. That's what the bread represents. That's what the incense represents. That's what your cloud of your presence represents. Help us, Lord, every day to have real communion with you as the priest did in the old days when they would spend countless hours in that temple ministering to you. May we be priests ministering to you in your blessed holy presence, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. For a single soul, reaching a further and stepping in closer, see Jesus.